Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Well, hello, and welcome back into the Financial Flight Plan podcast. I'm Ben George with Bree Reyes of Ernestus Financial. And today, Bree, all about the RMDs. I know those are three letters that most people are familiar with, but not everybody has a plan in place for them until it gets a little bit closer, don't they? I fully believe not everybody's even familiar with them. Oh, really? Okay. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. I think there's more to this story than most people like admitting to or talking about. <laughs> Well, that's perfect then for us because today we're talking about required minimum required minimum distributions baby that is the rmd we're talking about making sure that you understand them give you a little bit of uh of kind of things that you need to know about rmds why we have them what would the purpose of them are for i'm sure people ask you that brie why do we even need rmds but we'll take oh, you through uh, that every day <laughs> every day and we'll 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 go through it. And you know me, I don't hold back on my opinions, uh, which is probably going to be my downfall one of these days. <laughs> no, no, no. We appreciate we'll that. A, we'll have a we'll have a very frank discussion about it. That's important to have those frank discussions. That's what you do as a certified financial planner with your client, Sedestus Financial. So, if you want to know more about RMDs, stay tuned. We got plenty coming up on the show today, Bree. But what else is going on in your world? My goodness. Okay, so this week, TD Ameritrade officially became Charles Schwab. Okay, big news. And they would, if you watch the news, love to tell you that it was a complete success. I have found, as an advisor going through it, it was. It has not been the... I, there have been hiccups and bumps in the road. And the worst part was we came in Tuesday morning. First of all, Monday was a holiday. I was still in the office. I was working on a little stuff Monday for a hot minute. Because um, it's easier for me to get stuff done when no one knows I'm here or when no one's here to ask me anything. Mm -hmm. Like I can actually focus. So I came in a little bit on Monday, looked at some stuff. Everything looked like it was, it was uh, coming over perfectly. Tuesday morning, get back in the office start going through the accounts, making sure stuff has come over. Sure enough, there's there's a, there's a hiccup here. There's a hiccup there. And then we lose internet. Oh, man. And I know we lost internet because I sat on hold for, with Schwab for 45 minutes. They finally answered the phone. We started having a conversation and the phone went dead. Mm. Uh, because when you lose internet in this building, you lose everything. Uh. <laughs> so it has just been a week of fun. <laughs> That a lot of lot of fun. That's how you describe um, it. Okay. You know, it's I'm I'm learning if I don't look at it in a positive way, it's going to kill me. Right. So that's that's the plan at least. Uh, so you know, we're we're working through it. We're working through it. Well, no, that's big news, I guess, for a lot of people. Um, with that, is a merger, I guess. It is a merger. It is a um, it is the absolute definition of a monopoly, but it is a merger. Hmm. And what do I mean by that? I mean that by TD and Charles, Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade merging, the next biggest custodian to them, there's a there's a drastic size differential really? and service differential. So I'm actually kind of shocked this ever was allowed to happen. But uh, we're going through it. <laughs> 
1.3 trillion was moved in assets. Mm-hmm. So I, and honestly, I, this is the first <clears throat> I'm really hearing about it, Brie. I, it feels like these big, um, you mergers get a lot more attention, but I just feel like, and I kind of pay attention to financial news. I, I just don't really remember hearing much. I would about hope this. as my co-host, you would kind of at least pay <laughs> flight attention. I do, but this is like, this definitely flew under the radar for me. Well, and part of that problem is the merger ha- or the purchase happened so long ago that, okay. um, and then they, they had to get approval and then they didn't get, a, it was a whole rigmarole. And yeah. so there were a lot of us like, this is bad. This is never really, really going to happen. Very similar to Elon Musk buying Twitter. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think Elon Musk actually thought that was going to (laughs) happen. And so we we all kind of watched it from the sidelines and they they took their time talking about it and developing a strategy and figuring out how that that they were going to successfully merge or transition from TD Ameritrade into Charles Schwab. And the good news is they kept a lot of the great things that I loved about TD Ameritrade. The bad news is this week has been a roller coaster and it's a short week. So I have people calling me as if nothing's going on asking questions that are are great questions but maybe can we and and I'm you know incredibly candid. So there've been a couple of hey can we can we table this conversation until 2 weeks from now when I can have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> because right now I'm looking at an account for somebody else and you know all their assets are valued at zero. So I understand what your concern is, but we have time to fix your concern or to discuss your concern. This person's account needs to be fixed yesterday. So it's been a it's been a, it's been a fun week. It's been a fun week. So I am deserving of my vacation <laughs> I'm headed to on Saturday. Yes, you're going to enjoy that for sure. So we wish you a, a safe trip, Bree, and hope you get to, to reset and, and forget about some of this for just a little bit, if nothing else. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our conversation today. RMDs is a big topic, and we want to make sure that you understand them a little bit better. So this show will kind of serve as a little bit of a guide for retirees or those that are soon to retire. So if you are over 55, approaching that retirement date, you kind of have it in your sights. You need to know about required minimum distributions. So we want to talk about these mandatory withdrawals from your retirement savings, the taxes that will come with them, and some strategies too that you need to be thinking about and potentially utilize in order to uh, to avoid some of these tax bombs that could be coming your way. Brianna, you talk about taxes all the time. This is a big one, right, for that? RMDs typically tend to be a huge tax bomb. I mean, they are a massive tax bomb that most people are not prepared for. And I would say that it is partially because people don't think about, they don't think about it. They uh, Humans think in the short term, which is what's affecting us right this second. Mm-hmm. What's going on right this second. And then nobody thinks about what's going on long term. And so we have had this, you know, go ahead, uh, save your taxes now. Like that has been what my industry has told people for years and years and years. Save your taxes now. Save your taxes now. Don't worry about it in the future. Save, save, save. And now we're starting to see, okay, that's not quite how things are are working in the real world. It's not, it, eventually they become tax bombs. Ticking tax time bombs is what I call Mm -hmm. IRAs. And the reason that they are that is these required minimum distributions. Well, let's dive into it then. So a lot of people probably, as you mentioned, ask, why do we even have these RMDs? So why are we actually required to pull money out of our savings uh, at a certain age? 
Okay, well, the first myth I want to dispel is that I'm not requiring it. Okay. <laughs> we it's, can't it's, point it's, our finger It's not you. just breathing mean sitting in a corner <laughs> going, hey, this is a great idea. <laughs> it is the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. Mm. I don't know how many three-digit acronyms strike fear quite like the IRS does to most Americans. <laughs> The IRS lets you put money into a traditional IRA or 401k and defer taxes on your contribution, meaning you're not paying taxes as you put your money in, and all the gains throughout your career. But let's be, you know, candid here. Uncle Sam needs money. Yep. He's going to get it. (laughs) Lots of money. (laughs) And that's one thing Uncle Sam's really good at doing is getting his money. So this situation doesn't last for forever. Eventually, you have to take out a minimum amount annually. This is the required minimum distributions. And required minimum distributions apply to IRAs, and they also apply to employee-sponsored retirement accounts. So 401k, 403b, TSP for my federal employee listeners, all of these things. The problem is when. When do you have to take money out of and your your qualified accounts. Well, it used to be age 70 and a half. Don't ask me why they picked 70 and a half. Nobody knows when they turn 70 and a half. I have a feeling, I can picture it in my mind, it's two elderly people, probably gentlemen, because it's the IRS, smoking cigars saying, well, I think it should be 71 and I think it should be 70. (laughs) So they settled on 70 and a half. That is my the image that comes to my mind every time I talk about this. (laughs) So it started out at 70 and a half. And then it it was pushed out to when the Secure Act 1.0 was passed, it was pushed out to 72, which was great. People know when they're 72. We can work. I can work with this. (laughs) And then in late 2022, so last year, Congress passed legislation that raised the age that you have to start taking required minimum distributions to 73. So that means if you turn 72 in 2022, you'll need to take your first required minimum distribution by April 1st of 2023, and then you'll need to make another one by the end of 2023. If you turn 72 in 2023, you don't have to take your RMD until 2024. Or if you, Sorry, if you turn 72 in 2023, you don't have to take your RMD until 2024 when you actually turn 73. Okay. It's a little confusing talk with your financial advisor. I mean, most financial advisors or certified financial planners, at least in our firm, are we know who is RMDH. And it's also something that's very concerning for me because I want to make sure everyone takes out their required minimum distribution Um, because of the fact that if they don't, the penalty at one point was very, very stiff. Now, they're walking the penalty back significantly because of the Secure Act 2.0. But at one point in time, the penalty was 50%. Meaning, if you didn't take it out, let's say your required minimum distribution was 10 grand or 100 grand. Say 100 grand, because I saw saw that one the other day. If you don't take out your 100 grand, they decide to penalize you by making you send $50,000 to the IRS. Now, you're still going to have to take out your 100 grand. You're still going to have to pay tax on your 100 grand, because remember, You've avoided taxation for decades. You're going to have to pay tax on it. You're going to have to take it out and then send us half of it as a penalty. That's a pretty stiff penalty in my mind. Yeah. So 
now the penalty has been lessened, but it's still, I don't like penalties, period. Uh, now the rate is now 25% thanks to new legislation. So, and it can be reduced down to 10% if it's corrected in a timely manner. Uh, timely manner, though, to me is what I deem timely manner and what the IRS deems a timely manner are two different situations. <laughs> so for my goal, it's to have all of our clients take it out well, you know, in advance of when they need to. Because I don't like paying penalties. It's silly to me. And I, the other question I get every year, ever asked all the time, is how do I avoid them? First of all, if you're retired, there's no possible way for you to avoid required minimum distributions. Man. You can avoid that. I mean, you could just not take it, but then you're, you've got a penalty from the, from the IRS. If you're working, you can avoid taking RMDs only from your current 401k. As long as your employer doesn't require it. And this is different. Employers work different ways. So if you're still employed, you may be able to avoid RMDs, at least on your, your current employer's 401k. You might have to take it on other IRAs that you have outside. But current employers. So it's, and that's fairly new too. Hmm. <laughs> that's. They're kind of they're kind of modernizing all the rules, and the problem is even the IRS isn't really paying attention to everything. You you would wish that they were, but uh, oftentimes <laughs> no. They, I mean, they pay attention to when you made a mistake, yeah, and my they, goodness, yeah. they're going to charge you for it too. They're on top of that. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they 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 do their best. And then the question everybody likes to ask me: well, How much do I have to take out? The exact distribution amount changes from year to year, and it's based on your life expectancy and the life expectancy of your beneficiary, your primary beneficiaries, and which is usually your spouse. Basically, it's based off you and your spouse's life expectancy. And then you take that and it you calculate this by dividing an account's year-end value by the estimated remaining years of your lifetime in a table provided by the IRS. Yes, it's as fun as it sounds, people. Hmm. <laughs> so it, there's all kinds of, um, in fact, the IRS has three tables for life expectancy charts. They have a table for beneficiaries. They have a table for account holders who have much younger spouses. And then they have the, the base table most people end up using. It's very important you follow the table. And remember, it's a required minimum distribution. You can withdraw more. I have some clients that I th that think it's a maximum. Like, I've got, you know, I can't do any more than this, but I've got to get this much out. And that's not the rules. It's minimum distribution. So I've, I've had people come to me with that misconception, too. Most of the time, the custodian will, or wherever you have your money, is going to do the calculation of required minimum distribution for you. It's always a little weird, though, either if you transfer advisors in mid-year of a year worth an RMD or something else is going on in the world, there can be a, a bit of a um, crunch in that first year. So I always yeah. help try to help our clients make sure that we've calculated it properly. And you don't have to take the money out of each IRA. You can just pick one retirement account and take all the required minimum distribution out of one. That happens pretty commonly. So that's not something that's weird. That's not something that's off. It happens all the time. As you can see, they're 
probably going to be some questions that come up from this if you haven't started thinking about RMD. So again, if you haven't, uh, jot down estesfinancial.net. You can always contact Bree through the website, uh, learn more about what they can do to help you, but also you can jot down this number as well at 817-444-8402. So we know what they are now a little bit better, and we know we probably can't avoid them for the most part. But what are the biggest risks then, Bree, uh, for people that don't get ahead of these RMDs and, and have a plan for them before they arrive? The biggest one I see, taxation and the cost of Medicare. Okay. Not Medicaid, not broken or indigent, Medicare. Medicare is the premium that they talk about on TV. You know, it's $170 a month. And usually there's two retired looking people standing in a grassy field. I don't know. It's 107 degrees in Texas today. I think that sending retired people to a grassy field would be basically like calling a firing squad on them. The commercials just irritate me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) No retiree I know likes that many grassy fields and sailboats. Sorry. (laughs) Once in a while, fine. But come on, people. Seriously. The thing that we're the thing when it comes to required minimum distributions to remember is that it's going to affect how much our income is that year, because remember, this money hasn't been taxed. So then we have Social Security, which up to 85 percent of Social Security is eligible for taxation. Then we have our required minimum distribution. Maybe we have a pension. Maybe we have maybe we're still working. Maybe we've got a, a an Etsy shop that is blowing up because you were making furniture for squirrels. Yes, there is one. Don't worry. Don't look. The internet's a scary place, people. But you have all these sources of income coming in, and then your Medicare premium starts skyrocketing, and people don't understand. And the worst part is, they're 73 when this starts. And the more, the longer you live, the, the way the formula is designed, the longer you live, the larger percentage you're supposed to be taking out of your IRA, which means the more your income is, which means the more your Medicare premium is. The other thing is taxation. And you know I love to talk about taxes. <laughs> you do indeed. Well, it's so important, Bree. I mean, that's, you know, we laugh about it, but it is it can it can save you potentially thousands if you plan ahead for this stuff. Right. And if you've made if you've made sense, and this is the it's hard for me to talk people through this when they're young, which is actually when we can start planning for this. I love meeting with people that just started their jobs to talk about the Roth portion of a a 401k or a TSP. I love pre-planning for this because you can pre-plan. Now, that doesn't mean if you're 75 or, you know, 55, there's nothing you can do. There's a lot we can do between age 50 and 73 to help to pay attention to the taxation, to be aware of the taxation and to make adjustments to our plan. So there's a lot of things you can do to work within the required minimum distribution space. But I will tell you, to me, it's so important. Required minimum distributions are so important. We start working on ours as soon as I get back from vacation. Hmm. As soon as I get back in mid-September, we start working on making sure all of our clients' required minimum distributions are taken for the year, or we have a strategy in place, or they're on auto. A lot of them are on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And and we I just I confirm that and make sure and especially with the transition from TD Ameritrade to Schwab this year is going to be a little even more um, of a wrinkle doing it, but it means it's even more important to me that we get it done and we get it done right. Absolutely. Well, these are required as we've talked about, right? And not everybody needs that income when it comes no. to that time, right? You some people would rather just keep it in there if they could, but you're not 
having that option. You got to take it out. So for those people that don't need this money for income, if you're in that position, what can they do with it? Some of our some of our clients maybe don't need it for income, but we go ahead and we take it out and we put it in their brokerage account, their individual account, their joint account with their spouse, and they just continue to let it grow. We've paid the taxes on it. So now any gains on it would be capital gains and any dividends or income, we would pay, you know, a little little income off that, but not quite the same way. For some people, they use it as the gifting, gifting to their kids. Um, some of my clients, and this has really been part of the Secure Act 2.0, some of our clients actually donate part of their required minimum distribution to their church, to their charities they care about, to all the places that they would normally get the money out and give. And by donating it directly from their required, as part of their required minimum distribution, they don't have to pay tax on it. So it's nice. The church knows how much they're going to get and they get it in one lump sum. The client doesn't have to pay tax on it before gifting it. it it's a win-win-win for everybody involved. So that is one of my favorite things to do. I love donating either a portion or all of a required minimum distribution. I understand for everybody, it doesn't always make sense to do the whole thing. But for most people, they have something they care about. And, and it just makes more sense to me to give it direct than pull the money out, pay the taxes on it, affect your your Medicare premiums partially, and then gift. Okay. Cool. Some very good options there potentially for you to think about. Um, let's just close it out, Brie, if you have any kind of uh, firsthand story or account of of someone that, that came in and, and you were able to help them out and plan around these RMDs. I know it's something you do all the time, and you've kind of talked about how you do that, but is there anything, any kind of stories that come to mind or any spe- specific situations that come to mind? Uh I have a, I had a prospect that that became a client who was um, who didn't know they needed to take their required minimum distributions and their custodian. They were working by themselves at one of the bigger firms where you're allowed to have a an account. Um, the custodian, I mean, it was on the statement. The custodian told them about it, but didn't it wasn't the custodian's job, apparently, to make sure the money came out. And that always, terrifies me and that's something that like i said for us it's so serious that i make sure that it's happened in every client's account i mean heck i've even shown up at somebody's front door saying we're you know it's required minimum distribution time you haven't returned my email oh we were sick we're in the hospital we had something going on great wonderful thank you know i'm glad you're safe and home and and awesome but uh we need to get this done by the end of the year so let's do it now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I have shown up at somebody's house going, required minimum distribution. And I, I couldn't get a hold of them. They were on vacation. They had a family issue. They were sick. Did it, it was just this confluence of terrible events happening at once. And afterwards, they thanked me. They were like, nobody else would have shown up <laughs> to do this. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's part of my job. Yeah. Sometimes my sometimes I end up caring more about our clients' finances than even they do, which bothers me when I'm that way. But it's important, and I take it that seriously. Well, I think that story is perfect indication of just how important this is to to uh, be on top of and prepare for, and get done in time when it's uh, time for your RMDs to come out. So, again, if you have any questions, we always encourage you to reach out. Hopefully, this helps you understand them a little bit more. Some of the strategies that you can 
use to maybe lessen that tax burden that could be coming. But most importantly, you want to be thinking about this ahead of time. So you can always reach out to Bree at Estes Financial at 817-444-8402 or find them online, estesfinancial.net. All right, Bree, I know we talked about this on our last episode, but um, the, a great tool that you guys have for people uh, that we have started kind of promoting here on the podcast that we want to share again. Yes, we have a relationship with a best in tech class technology and human expertise wealth estate planning tool that we're starting to work with some of our advi- work with some of our clients on. Too many people do not have either comprehensive estate planning, maybe meaning maybe they have a will, but they don't have financial powers of attorney, they don't have medical powers of attorney, or it hasn't been updated, they haven't looked at things, it's been years and years and years, new stuff has happened, they aren't taking it into account to their pet, they aren't taking <laughs> into account... Um, things that have happened. And, and so we came, we partner, we're partnering with an estate planning firm that allows our clients to create we, with, with us, but to create high caliber estate plans with state optimized legal documents. I mean, revocable trusts and pour over wills, last will and testament, financial power of attorney, advanced healthcare directive, guardianship nominations, all all wonderful and amazing things to give our clients a true true financial services hostilic financial services experience because i can only do so much here i can only make sure your beneficiaries are good here and and what i was finding is people were jumping on the legal zoom or somewhere that that they weren't getting comprehensive documents okay or they were kind of piecemealing it and we had this situation in our own family. One of the reasons this is so important to us is we had a situation in our own family where a medical power of attorney wasn't recognized. Mm-hmm. And watching what my parents had to do as a teenager was heartbreaking. And even seeing them talk about it today brings tears to my eyes um, because I know it put them in in an incredibly complex situation and incredibly uncomfortable conversations to have with doctors when the medical power of attorney was ignored or medical directive was ignored. So to me, it's very important not only to have really good documents, but also have access to them, make sure everybody knows where they are and make sure everybody knows your wishes. Take the time to pre-plan. I know none of us want to think about death. None of us want to know, want to think about our our mortality. You know, we like all thinking we're Iron Man, and we're going to live forever, but n- there's no way off this rock. Yeah. I mean, two things are certain, and I talk about them all the time, unfortunately, <laughs> death and taxes. So what can we do to prepare to make your passing easier on your loved ones? Because you're not here anymore. And so this is something that is is part of our practice and is something that I'm really, really excited about. For everybody that wants to learn more, Bree, just the best thing to do is just to reach out and contact you. Just to reach out, give us a call and tell us, hey, I want to know more about the estate planning. Um, 817-444-8402 is the phone number or email us at Bree.Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S, at EstesFinancial.net. Or reach out to us on the website. That works too. Yeah. EstesFinancial.net. 
a lot of different ways to connect. You can also catch them on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So whatever's most convenient for you. But just let Bree know that you want to learn more about that estate planning tool, and uh, she'll be happy to help you out. All right, let's. Do we still call it Twitter? I think is it uh, called well, X. Now? I guess it is X. I, it'll, it'll always be Twitter to me. I think still. I know it's just I so weird saying, "Hey, can dumb you find me on seeing X." X. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Elon, that's a different conversation. All right, Bree, let's uh, let's get to know you a little a bit. <laughs> let's get to know you a little bit better, as we like to do here on the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. This week's question, and I, I know you got a vacation coming up, and you do travel quite a bit. We've heard some of your stories, but I'm curious. What is the most beautiful place that you've ever visited? I have two. Off the top of my head, I have two. Um, and they both hold very important meaning to me, but in completely different ways. Okay. Um, one of my favorite places on the planet is Bimini. It's a small bohemian island, or used to be small. I think now it's huge. Hmm. I haven't been back there. I haven't been there since I was a kid. Uh, we would go sailing with one of my dad's dear my parents dearest friends and um and go snorkeling and scuba diving and it's a boat ride away from miami like a day trip from miami and so um i loved being out there on that boat it was it as a child it was one of my most magical vacations and part of the reason i guess i love boating nowadays but nobody's cell phone worked but Hmm. i don't think we had cell phones back then I know no internet. <laughs> there was no thing. There's no such thing as Wi-Fi anyway. And we were sure as heck not dragging the AOL line through the <laughs> ocean. But it was it was time for the entire family to connect. You know, no devices, just books and games and stories and watching the stars. And I just, I will always have a, Bimini is always one of my favorite places on the planet. That's awesome. And the other one, is Santiago de Compostela. It's a city in Spain. I think I believe I've talked about it on the oh, podcast yeah. before. It's my husband studied there uh, in college for a little bit. And it is the city Nate is named after. And it is the the when for our 10th wedding anniversary, which is in 2025, we're going to um, hike the Camino, which is this religious pilgrimage. Okay. So, sorry, I'm having to translate from Spanish to English in my brain, and it's some, it's not translating as fast as I want some days. Um, it's this it's a pilgrimage that people um, predominantly started as a Catholic pilgrimage, but now people of all faiths do it, where you walk from uh, certain starting points to Santiago de Compostela, and you end at the cathedral there, where the body of Saint James is supposedly mm-hmm. laying. And you uh, be you're able to go into the tomb and well pass by the tomb, and and see the the tomb of Saint James. And so uh, it's just it's a magical city. They have wonderful pulpo, which is octopus for anybody who doesn't yeah. know what that is. And and I love pulpo, so um, the pulpo there is fabulous. And it's it's on the sea. It's a little coastal town, and it's just it's the art, the people, the people are wonderful. The food. The culture, I mean, it's, it, and it's, it's, it's been around since Middle Ages. Like it's mm-hmm. historic and cobblestone streets and just wonderful. So Santiago. I love it. Yeah. I just, you can't, I can't get enough of those European, those old European towns like that, that just have so much history. And I love how easy they are to walk and the food and the people, everything about it. So sounds well, amazing. I'm, 
our first trip there, we stumbled into a block party and ended up eating sardines from a campfire and you had to jump over the camp, the bonfire. <laughs> I can't remember what the party was or what the, the saint they were celebrating that night is, but everybody brought us into the party and made us part of the party and made us feel incredibly welcome. And my Spanish is limited. My husband's is much better, obviously. Mine is not. <laughs> um, and so to hear that and to feel that, like, I felt like family. Like, yeah. I felt like those people took us in as family that day. It just was awesome. That's it's so just cool. magic. Santiago de Compostela is just magic. It's definitely on my list of places since you've talked about it a couple of times. It sounds amazing. So, well, thank you for sharing. Either one of those would be great vacations um, for sure. <laughs> All right. Let's get a question here before we wrap up today. Bree, this one came in from Chris. I'm curious your thoughts on this. He says, oh, 21000 on my truck, but that's my only debt. And I just hit 59 and a half, so I can take the money out of my 401k now without any penalty. Should I go ahead and make that withdrawal to pay off the truck and go ahead and be debt-free? See, I know what you're trying to do, Chris, but what is it? The the road is paved with good intentions? Yep. Um, first of all, I need to know how much, what your interest rate is on your debt. I had, um, at one point in time, you used to be able to get interest rates on cars for like zero percent apr or 0.99 or whatever and so to me that would be really silly to take money that's growing at even five percent and pay off something that is the interest rate is less than the amount that your account could be growing in the market um now now hear me out if your interest rate is 15 20 percent and the market's not doing that, then maybe it's worth paying off. But here's the thing. You can't get a loan for retirement. Period. End of story. No one is going to come and say, oh, you are now retired and you've run out of money. Your truck is really nice. May I please have a tire and I will give you, I don't know, HVAC or air conditioning. Hmm. You can't pay your tire or can't pay your electric bill with a tire or a I don't understand cars very well. My kid would do, would do way better with this analogy <laughs> than I am right now. Or rear view mirror, basically. So that's where cash is king in retirement. As long as you're able to make the payments, they're not killing you. I don't understand why you why being debt free is so important. I know Dave Ramsey does. And he and I differ on a few things. And number one would be this instance. Not all debt is bad debt. Low interest rate debt mortgage debt is not necessarily bad debt. And so I that's where I would challenge you on this idea. I've seen far too many people rob themselves and rob them their future to pay off stuff like vehicles, weddings, little things here and there that then later on they're 80 and their pension hasn't kept pace with inflation. Their social security hasn't kept pace with inflation. All they have are these things. And then what are you going to do? Sell your truck? How much is it really worth in the secondary market 20 years from now? Mm -hmm. Cash and the growth on cash is king in retirement. Period. End of story. Hmm. Great question, though, Chris. Do appreciate that. I know you're not the only one thinking about the best way to pay off debt, but there might be a better option. Again, you want to reach out to Bree and learn more. You can do so online at estesfinancial.net or over the phone at 817-444-8402. Also, if you want to learn more about that estate planning tool through wealth.com, please reach out as well. All right, Bree, we wish you the best on vacation. Hopefully you get a little time to yourself and a comeback is uh, as good as ever. Well, I just got an alert on my phone that a tropical hurricane is headed that way. <laughs> oh, so uh, we'll see. <laughs> 
Stay tuned for the next episode to see if Bree makes on vacation. Thank you. <laughs> if Bree comes home alive. <laughs> Everybody listening, go out and lead an abundant life. <laughs>